0: Can't you please tell me where to find him? And that life with a storybook end. Can't you please tell me where to find him? Maybe he's found in a fairy tale with those dreams of a better day. The second season has come like a thief in the night. Uh-oh. Welcome to Dreams of a Better Day, and we are here to start off the second season. Sorry about the uh, hiatus; we just took a break. How long was it? Was it four it was or like five a month weeks? Here. Yeah, yeah, about a month. And we had initially said that we were going to do Left Behind for this episode, but then we decided that we should get back to basics. Yeah. And so we watched one of the most basic <coughs> movies of all time, A Thief in the Night. And we also watched A Thief of the
1: Night 2, <laughs> but we didn't get to 3 or 4. Yeah, A Distant Thunder is the name of the second movie. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah. Ugh. And these these movies were weird. I I had seen one of them when I was a kid several times. It was in the church library when my <laughs> brothers and I were at... I think we were at church once. Like, my dad took us to work or something. My dad's a pastor. And... We were just in the library, found this movie, so we just put it in and started watching it. And it's in I it was the third one. I didn't know. I thought I'd seen the first one, but I had just seen the third movie in this installment. So Thief in the Night comes out in nineteen seventy two, hot off the heels of The Godfather. <laughs> and it's a movie about The End times. The end times. Yeah, the rapture. The rapture and the Every- Mark of the Beast. All of the all like, of the
1: things you associate with left behind now, A Thief in the Night did in the 70s. Yeah.
0: But done unflinchingly. Oh, yeah. It's an unflinching movie, depiction, interpretation, whatever you want to say about end times. And it's rife with a very specific end times theology. And there's a lot of expository sermons throughout the, the movies that explain exactly <laughs> what's
1: going on in the movie. Yeah. It seemed it seemed clear to me that this movie was made, this movie wasn't made for a general audience to come and see and be like, Oh, it's a thriller yeah. about the rapture. This movie was made specifically to teach the theology behind this view and to scare the living daylights out of people. Like I, Those are the, the two things that it's doing.
0: Even as a Christian kid, I was terrified by yep. these movies. Absolutely terrified. Yep, It's, from the seventies, and it has—it's a very seventies movie. All the camera cuts are weird, and the, <laughs> the editing was just bad.
1: It was amazing. It was—it
0: was amazing, but really trippy, mm. and like the—it it was like was low sensory budgets. overload with yeah. the
1: editing because there's always this loud dramatic music playing there's all of these camera cuts where it's like zoomed in real close and then it'll zoom out real fast or it'll be out and zoom in real fast yeah lots of Dutch angles where the camera's tilted and like waving around and
0: and the, the it's so grainy low budget so like it's really grainy too so it just has a I, it sort of reminds me of uh, the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre I, mean, I don't know if you've ever seen that no I haven't or, I've just seen I was going to say the Disney. Blair Witch Project <laughs>
1: But, yeah, so I feel like we should first talk about, like, so we both saw this, well, you saw the third one, I saw the first one, and I think the second one, Mm -hmm. when I was a kid. And I feel like we should talk about our responses to it as kids. So, I grew up, you know, we believed dispensational, which is what this kind of theology Mm -hmm. is called, dispensational theology, where there's going to be a rapture, and then a seven-year tribulation, during which... Uh, halfway through the antichrist makes a peace treaty with israel and then crazy stuff starts happening you know uh uh swarms of locusts that may actually be helicopters or locusts depending um uh, what else is there let me think uh oh yeah like half of the world just like being or not half a third of the world like the planet just like I, I never understood the concept here. Yeah. Was it was it just going to slice off? Or was it just going to be like destroyed like on the surface? I don't know. I, I never understood.
0: I, yeah, I don't know because people... Because I, I grew up in a more conservative uh, church. My parents weren't big on the end times thing. But I had Sunday school teachers that were really into this stuff. I think when I was in middle school, we did a very long unit in Sunday school about the end times. Uh-huh. And... Um, I don't know. Sunday school is funny because it's not really monitored, and so <laughs> you, I think Sunday school teachers can get away, they it just Sort good. of got away with you know preaching their interpretation of Revelation because there was no one there to really mm-hmm. you know uh, vet what they were saying. Uh, yeah, so this this movie brought back a lot of weird, unpleasant memories because I went to. <laughs> church i went to a christian school and so every bible class i took would have a revelation unit um i had one bible teacher that said like the euro was yeah, a sign oh, yeah. Of like the, the, new the world, 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 world Order. Currency. yeah exactly right
1: yeah well so for the for a while the european union when it was being formed there were 10 member nations for a while oh, no. and In, I think, the book of Daniel, one of the prophecies is that these ten little horns, they're called, are like representative of ten leaders, would band together under a greater horn who was like, Mm. they say it's the Antichrist. And everybody was like, the European Union, it's happening. This is it. This is fulfillment of prophecy. And then they got extra members in the European Union. It's like,
0: yeah, uh, maybe. When did the European Union? I can't remember what year it was. Was it during the Cold War?
1: It may have been. Or maybe it was after. I think it was after because after the USSR broke up. Yeah. I feel like I, that's right. But let me let me look that up while you're it, talking.
0: In general, it feels like a lot of these movies are totally inspired by or just like the whole end times obsession is sort of inspired by like the Cold War. Yeah. Because back in the seventies I'm trying to in like the eighties I'm trying to think, my brother was telling me he once talked to a guy who was like in his 40s and he asked him, what was it like growing up in the 80s? It was a weird time. And he was like, we thought we were all going to die. Yeah. I mean, like you're on, you, you're sort of like always on the verge of nuclear war or that's the feeling that you have. So it almost seems like a lot of the theology about the end times is sort of, like there was a huge interest spike around the time of the Cold War, mm. which I can't verify, but I don't know. I don't know the history of like end times theology enough to know. Yeah, I think the... there
1: is a lot of that to it because if you look at some of the books that came out, you've got um, oh, what's his name? I forget his name. He wrote the late great Planet Earth and some other end times stuff. It was all, you know, uh, a leader's going to arise out of Russia. Now, now it's the Middle East yeah. is the thing. It it's a a kind of viewpoint that it takes its. Cues more from the newspaper than from the Bible. Yeah, like right. The, that's a joke I often make. Is when a person holds to this sort of theology, and now we we've basically become a theology podcast at this point. Yeah. <laughs> when a person holds to this kind of theology, usually what they're doing is they've got their Bible in one hand, the newspaper in the other hand, and they're like, "Okay, so this event yeah. lines up with this prophecy." You can't really do theology that way mm-hmm. properly. Mm-hmm. So. That's sort of the, the background of what this movie is coming out of, is this sort of theology where it's really like a, um, oh, what's a good word for it? Like, a, the the entire theology is based around this huge cataclysmic event that's going to happen. It's like an apocalyptic kind of religion, yeah. Yeah. where we're waiting for this, hu- this huge thriller to happen in a seven-year period, and we don't know when it'll start, except the rapture is going to happen before it starts, so we won't be around because we're Christians, essentially. It's... I have known some people, not all people that believe this or anything, but
0: there's always a sort of a, like a, a tinge of like nihilistic evil about how some people I knew who were, they're just kind of waiting around for this terrible, like, <laughs> yeah. you'll see, yeah. like, I don't know, there's something...
1: Make sure you don't take the mark of the beast.
0: Right, yeah, and it's, like, throughout this whole movie... They kept comparing the Mark of the Beast to credit cards, and I, I can't help but think they didn't want to overtly say that credit cards are, are the, Mark the Mark of, Mark of beast. the Beast, but they kept going back to the, the credit card metaphor Yeah, throughout the first one and the
1: second one too. When were barcodes invented? Because I feel like that was one of the big things that people are like, oh, it's the Mark of the Beast barcodes.
0: Oh, um, I was actually literally just read about this last night because something came up in the movie and I was... Looking up something, then barcode system. I think it was first like, I think the late forties maybe was when it was first. Uh, okay, they thought about it, and then I think probably in the sixties and seventies when things started to become a little bit more electronic. I think that probably is about when they became more mainstream. Yeah.
1: Because so in the movie, um, they have like the mark of the beast is like a series of binary numbers zero one one zero or something like that, which is six in binary. Yeah, um, I forget where I was going with that. Well, well, better luck next time, pal. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, I totally forget where I was going with that barcodes. Yeah, so I th- I feel like barcodes would ch- could have played a bigger role in the movie. I guess that was what I was gonna say. Um, yeah, it's it felt like because oh, you were talking about credit cards. That's yeah, brilliant.
0: and they, it just felt like they were trying to skirt that whole the credit card issue, issue of I don't know. They were really explicit about some things, but then they wouldn't... They didn't take a lot of like, creative liberty. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess the whole interpretation of the book of the Bible is maybe <laughs> taking some creative liberties. But, no, that's how it's going to happen. Oh, boy.
1: Anyway. Um, <laughs> another thing, a, a point of background before we get into the, to the movie itself, is you once said, I think it was God's not dead. You said if... Like, if there were a time capsule and you wanted to get, like, this is what evangelism, evangelicalism of the 2000s looked like in America, God's Not Dead, put that movie in. Mm-hmm. I feel like for the 1970s as a whole, not just Christian 1970s, but the 1970s as a whole, this movie would have to go in that time capsule. Yeah, oh, because without a doubt. M- There's no mistaking what era this movie was made in. Like, you wouldn't put this movie in and be like, huh, I wonder when this movie was made. (laughs) This movie is clearly a 1970s America. The the costumes, the hairstyles, the um, the wardrobes, everything screams 1970s. Yeah,
0: Yeah, the and the whole thing... For, let's, it's the, the movie starts with a black screen and there's a ticking clock in the background. <laughs> it sounds like the intro to 60 Minutes. That's exactly what I thought. At first I thought maybe it was accidentally
1: put on an old rerun of 60 Minutes. As as one does.
0: Yeah, as one often, more often than not does. Patty wakes up, the protagonist, and she goes to find her husband. But she finds that his razor is running in the bathroom, but he's
1: not there. Yes. And then, and there's a radio report going on about millions of people all over the globe disappearing.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. The, what does the reporter say? He says some say that this could be a spectacular judgment of God. Yes, uh, as Jesus is reported to say in the Book of Matthew. Yeah, I think he kept saying that, like uh, as. <laughs> Like, the Bible's a newspaper. It goes back it, to the yeah. Bible newspaper thing. It just follows her, then, after that. Like, it, it jumps back to the past, sort of. Yeah, just because try, it, I'm it shows... Gonna get, I'm just going to give it away. Or should we wait till the end to give away, like, the plot twist? Oh.
1: Nah, just... Yeah, I mean, it's...
0: It, the whole movie's it, a dream. Yeah,
1: yeah. The whole so, movie. Spoiler alert. Also, this movie's on Amazon Prime, so you can easily All watch this All four, All four of them. All four of them are on, are on Amazon Prime. I wouldn't suggest watching the last two watch the first opening minutes of the third one because that ends the pat Well... um, (laughs) It brings to a conclusion the overarching story that you've been following in the first two movies. Let's put it that way. Which, that's a pretty bold move. Yeah. In the third installment ending
0: the main story arc of the movie series <laughs> yeah. when there's i feel movies.
1: like the patty actress again we're spoiling what happens in the third movie yeah. but she dies um i feel like she just didn't want to be in them anymore so they're like all right we'll kill you off and yeah. then we'll start a new story for these yeah, I don't two blame movies her.
0: she was like a knockoff uh who's who's the girl that was in the original carrie movie sissy i don't Spesek? know basic or something like that yeah i don't it? know i've never seen the original Spacek, carrie. i can't remember what her name is but she remind she's sort of like a knockoff version of that actress, and I do not blame her one bit for, for, not, for not wanting, wanting to, to be. be. These movies are so strange. Yeah, and they the we started watching the one, but quick because it just gets awful. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, it starts awful too. But yeah,
0: <laughs> that's true.
1: Anyway, so she's it, yeah, it, she wakes up. The rapture has happened, and then it sort of flashes back to. I guess years earlier. Yeah, she's at youth group. She's with her youth group pals. Oh wait, we we have to talk about before that begins the intro. There's a song. There's a song that plays, which it's a real song. Yeah, Larry Norman wrote it. Uh, He was a popular contemporary Christian artist in the seventies, and he wrote this song. I forget what it's called, but essentially the the lyrics are: "There's no time to change your mind." The sun has come and you've been left behind. Which that's where the, the left behind books got their title from. But it's
0: like this youth group meeting where all the youth group kids are, are singing, singing this. Yeah, yeah.
1: And what's so weird about it is
0: it's not a worship song. No. Whatsoever. It's more
1: like just gloating over these yeah. people who missed it's the rapture. From, what's so weird about it is from the <laughs> perspective
0: of somebody that... Was raptured. And then they're, I guess, singing this song to <laughs> all the, the... The people of Earth. Yeah. The, the stupid morons who got left behind. Yeah, one of the lines, how could you have been so blind? <laughs> yeah, life was filled with guns and war. And it keeps... Everybody
1: got trampled on the floor. Oh my gosh. <laughs> You've been left behind. Yep. Oh, this
0: yeah so is this but is this this is what like the weird like I think the church definitely made a huge weird shift in like the late 60s and 70s I think that's like when Awana was started like that oh really like scripture memory program yeah and I don't know it'd be it was you know back to basics very like Sort of a fundamentalist shift, probably because of the counterculture of the 60s, I would imagine. Yeah,
1: this is probably a reaction to that. Because Mm -hmm. if you think about the youth... uh, I don't know if you can call him a youth leader, really. But the guy who's kind of like teaching them about the rapture and stuff, he's very... um, And we'll get into this later. He's very... He exudes '60s cult leader. Yeah, it's, very whimsical. Yeah, like Charles Manson. Yeah, I kept expecting him to tell them to go to Sharon Tate's house. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so the movie opens with that song, and it really sets the tone for the rest of the movie. I think uh, it's it's uh, it's amazing. Um, it is
0: amazing. <laughs> like what? What? A, a, an absolute
1: treasure of '70s Christian culture. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, then he goes, so yeah, then he goes back in time to their, their time at teen whatever. And they, they main- talk about, oh, they, yeah. they're yeah. talking about
0: like their, they're each, there's like conversations they have about how Christian each one of them is. Yeah. And Patty's, she's like, like I textbook ch- out of a, like out of a really ch- bad evangelism th- class. Yeah. Like
1: out of a chick track yeah. where they're explaining to you why all of the things you do don't get you to heaven. She lists all of those things. She's like, I go to church. I'm a good person. I try to help people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this movie is like a... It is a really a Chick track. It in is. In movie it, form. It, yeah.
0: <laughs> and those of you that aren't familiar with Chick oh, tracks, yeah. they're these old they're like, uh, tracks that this guy named Jack Chick would write. He was a super fundamentalist, like KJV-only uh, yeah. pundit. And he made these like comic tracks, but they're not funny at all. They're yeah. about like people that do the wrong thing, go I, against God's word and terrible rotten things happen to them. There's this
1: one, I just saw it the other day. I don't I don't remember why I was looking at it looking it up, but there's this one where this guy is like walking down the street in a bad neighborhood and he sees this finger, like, beckoning him to come behind this fence. So he goes behind this fence, and there's all these, like, really rough-looking dudes. And one of them hands him a pill, and he's just like, oh, all right. Takes the pill, becomes addicted to drugs, gets arrested, goes to prison. Oh, yeah. And, and then in the prison, oh, my gosh. this one, there's this one really big dude, and he's like... You're going with me tonight, no, buddy. He says
0: this. I remember this so vividly. This sweet thing's mine tonight. <laughs> yes. And then the next panel is a doctor. It's AIDS. Yeah. It's insane. It's insane. I I had a teacher who had a literal basket full of these things, like endless chick tracks. It was sort of like a Lowe's and Fish miracle, but with chick tracks. Like they're just endless. Yeah, there's so many of them. But I this. It's the, uh, the 70s church was just like all about fear, I guess. And I like, know, man. <sighs> they weren't into the whole prosperity gospel. thing. Not at this point. No.
1: no. no. Uh-uh. So we go back in time. We're at least still on the first scene of this movie. And Jerry and Diane and Patty and Pat. Who's the other guy? The guy with Jim. The, Is that Jim's name? The guy with the Civil War mustache. No, that's Jerry. Oh, that's Jerry. I think Jim is her. Oh right? yeah, or Tom or Tom. Or Jim. It's know. some generic yeah. name, John Doe. Yeah. Anyway, they're they're all at this amusement park. They meet each other and they like some of the characters begin dating.
0: I have to say that <laughs> we are first introduced to oh, yeah. uh, John Doe, <laughs> Patty's future husband. Yeah. Um, I don't like these girls are hanging out in this amusement park and just there's this shot. This guy walks in. He has a cowboy hat, like a Cowboy, he just has total cowboy garb on Mm -hmm. and he just says,
1: Troubles, right out of the village people, yeah,
0: (laughs) directly. And he just looks at him, he's like, Troubles. And then we see his other friend, uh, Jerry, who who has a civil war, he looks like General Burnside from the civil war.
1: He has like the (laughs) big, like mutton chops and a mustache, Mm -hmm. it's
0: crazy, yeah.
1: So, yeah, that's how we're introduced to all of the main characters, and then one of their friends, whose name I don't recall. She's also with them, but she's like, you know, the guy at the teen center had a lot of good things to say. I'm going to go back there. And so she goes back to the teen center and then there's this like back and forth cut between the four main characters having b- barrels of fun at the amusement park and this other girl at the teen center becoming a Christian. Mm-hmm. And it, I guess it's supposed to juxtapose like the the worldly pleasures of know, this life like, at the it's amusement like Vanity park. fair from Pilgrim's yeah, Progress right. at the carnival, <laughs> and the and her you know taking the straight and narrow path. Um, so that that separates the characters, and then you have a I think the next scene is like a bunch of montages of them like showing that they're not believers basically by hanging out with their friend who became a christian and being like well you're weird now mm-hmm. and then they meet they i guess they go to one of the bible studies while they're dating and yeah. this i feel like we need to talk about the youth guy or the bible teacher
0: yeah the, the the teen center i have is called teen town teen town. first of all yeah, yeah which i guess was cool back in the 70s I don't know. Probably not. And he's like, I don't know. It's like they're trying to portray him as like a prophet because he speaks very monotone and whimsically. Yeah. And there's, all, there's several scenes where he's laying seductively under a tree talking to all of these teenagers about mm-hmm. the end times and what's going to happen.
1: Yeah, they The... Uh, staging for this guy is really weird. Like, there's... I I, I don't know how to, like, communicate the the way he's sitting, but it's, like, what you would think of of someone who's trying to, like, seductively take a picture. Where they're, like, laying on their side, with one of their legs kind of up, and it's just, like, straight out of a... um, I don't know.
0: Well, you you mentioned there's a meme of George Costanza. Oh, yeah, in from weird, Seinfeld, like, where he's like
1: yeah. trying to be seductive. It's very similar to that. <laughs> yeah, it's just bizarre. It's super bizarre. It it really, this is where we started talking about cult leaders because mm. it seemed like this guy was your textbook cult leader. Like, I kept ex- half expecting him to like invite the women into his harem or something like I that. I know. I know. It was
0: weird. He just needed a silk bathrobe. <laughs> and then the package would have been complete. Yeah.
1: Next week, uh, Lord Xenu is going to take us all to his spaceship. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that. Like, they clearly are not buying the Christianity thing. Jerry, at one point, is like, well, I guess I'm the Antichrist. And uh, his girlfriend's I always liked a little bit of Beast. She's like, (laughs) I I was
0: always a sucker for beasts." That's what she says. And what's so, this is excellent foreshadowing, because those two don't get raptured. Yes. And so, um, and they kind of join up with Unite, which is the The, the the one-world government.
1: yeah. Yeah there's always a the one world government
0: <laughs> and I was very surprised at this movie that there there's no Russian or Eastern European figure at all yeah. especially since it's the 70s but it was all just it seems American. to me
1: that they didn't have the budget to get anybody out of Iowa to be in this movie, right later. and they probably felt yeah.
0: uncomfortable having uh anybody who could possibly have orthodox roots That's being true.
1: in this movie yeah. <laughs> uh, yes so um is they there, is there anything really important that happens during those in between the rapture scenes? No, but it's they, just more of the same kind of like we're not Christians and here's the evidence. Yeah, of that.
0: like right after the rapture unite this one world order sort of organizes and it the movie's weird because the rapture happens and then in less than
1: a day. Well, there's, I feel like there's a lot of time that passes in between the scenes and they no, don't No, you're right. No, you're right. Because on the radio, the day of the rapture, um, she she hears them she hears them say. Like, at 12 noon, the United Nations is going to put on a broadcast. So, yeah, the day of the rapture, they had this... It's like they were waiting for the rapture to happen so they could set up this one world government. But the whole premise of the movie is that nobody believes that the rapture is going to happen, which is... Well, you- I mean, obviously, all of the Antichrist people believe it's going to happen. They're just waiting, biding their time. Hmm. <sighs> and they
0: they talk about the Mark of the Beast in, like, 666, and... Oh the line that they use is it's it's like a super evil credit card. Yeah, super evil credit card <laughs> as opposed card. to just the
1: regular evil credit card. <laughs> uh, one other thing that happens before the rapture is like, in the flashback scenes, is her liberal pastor preaches this sermon about, you know, how none of the stuff in the Bible matters. It's really all ju- just, like, man and his fellow man and how we can be good to one another. It was a, a textbook, like, liberalism of yeah. the early 20th century sermon. Like, it was a—it represented their views pretty well. I was almost wondering if they took, like, an actual liberal sermon and used yeah. part of it. <sighs> for that scene because it was basically what you would hear in one of those churches at that time um so that excuse me <clears throat> that was one of the things that happened in the, the before the rapture and I guess oh oh we're missing one of the key plot elements of the movie so Patty's boyfriend mm-hmm. now husband mm-hmm is a veterinarian at the zoo at the zoo not in the zoo because remember there was that line yeah there's he's not in the zoo he's at the zoo which (laughs) who gets offended by that the
0: the context of the line was clearly they're just saying he works yeah at a zoo yeah but they say in the oh
1: it's so dumb (laughs) that's the thing you hate about this movie that's one of them one of them (laughs) all right so uh he's working at the zoo and has forgotten while he's working on something to close the Indian Cobra's cage. Why, was,
0: why did he open it though I'm, in the I'm first not place? Sure. That's
1: what. So yeah, he forgets. <laughs> he forgot to close it, or it was just left open. And so this Indian Cobra gets out. And it's like, they're building the tension. It's real slow. He's
0: like putting a... He's uh, putting a, a chest screw. together. Yeah. <laughs> it's really
1: weird. But he has like this Maybe it's like the something. box that the snake lives in and he was repairing it. That would explain oh, why it was maybe, yeah. So <laughs> he's, he's working on this thing. And then at one point he reaches back to grab something and the snake bites his hand. But... This shot is amazing. Do you remember this? Yeah. Because as it bites his hand, he like makes this face. <laughs> and it freezes on his face for a second. And it looks ridiculous. Yes. But on top of that, they also cut the audio so that you hear the siren of the ambulance <laughs> in the next shot. <laughs> yeah. So all you see is when the snake bites, this guy making this weird face and like this really high-pitched whine. And it, it almost, like, I thought it was becoming a comedy I know. at this point. I was like, what's happening right here? But then they shot, it cut to the ambulance. And I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. And the antidote for
0: this snake bite is this very successful snake farmer who has been bitten so many times that he can give a successful blood transfusion to this guy. Yeah,
1: because he has the antibodies to fight off the venom. That's a real thing. A snake farmer. What is? What does that mean? He, but it, he it, keeps snakes. It's like a beekeeper.
0: But what for? I don't know. What is? What do we need snake farmers for? For the honey.
1: Oh, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I, don't, I don't know. For the venom. You need the venom to make anti venom. I think so. Maybe. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, I'm sure yeah. there's a logical reason. I was hoping to
0: be able to stay so. angry about that, but <laughs> never mind. All right. So the snake farmer comes. He gives a blood transfusion, and
1: Jim, I think his
0: name. Is. Yeah, he lives.
1: Mm-hmm. And Jim and Patty get married. And that <clears throat> that sort of brings us back to the present day, where the rapture has happened. Yeah. And, and so Jim has been raptured. Jerry and Diane have uh, not been. Patty has not been because she never became a Christian. And their friend, I want to say her name's Cindy, but I don't know if that's right. I can't remember. Uh, she is, has been raptured also, along with this little girl who I'm not sure what who she was in the movie. She was just I, this girl. I don't remember. That, like, I, I genuinely don't know why she was in the movie, because she didn't really play a role. Her only purpose for being in the movie was to be scared because she thought the rapture had happened. And then to be raptured when she became a Christian also side note actually we'll save it for the end we'll save it for the end i need to remember to ask this question though uh because we'll, we'll get distracted if i ask it now. yeah uh so the rapture happens the youth. oh the youth pastor goes like they're setting up the scene for the rapture <laughs> he to he has to mow the lawn yeah. man so he chooses to mow the lawn in these super short denim shorts, cut off denims, and nothing else, <laughs> nothing else. He is Tobias Fugate. Yeah. <laughs> oh, from Arrested Development.
0: So he starts mowing the grass, and then who wanted do they show get raptured? Because they like have this scene of him mowing the grass. It cuts to a car passing by, then it pans back over to the mower
1: that's just sitting there, and yeah. the youth pastor's gone. I wonder, like, I'm I'm just imagining them filming that scene where instead of cutting the camera, they thought it would be a neat trick to do, like, the camera goes up to the clouds, comes back, and he's gone. So I'm just imagining, like, the -the behind-the-scenes look of that where the camera pans up and then he just takes off running to get out of the shot in these super short denim (laughs) (laughs) cutoffs. Like, anybody seeing this from afar must have thought the weirdest things were going on. Uh, Was in the seventies. Yeah, maybe it was normal then. So yeah, So she, he gets raptured. Um, Does that? Is this all happen in the first movie? Yeah, this is still the first movie. movie. Yeah, and
0: so the rapture happens. And this movie is only an
1: hour long, by the way.
0: Yeah, and within like two hours of the rapture happening, not only has unite been organized, and they have every they all they have armbands that say unite and they have vans that are painted with unite on it, it's them it's clear
1: that they were expecting this rapture to happen and were prepared f- for their nefarious plan
0: where do they hide all this like they have tons of big white vans with unite <laughs> written across them where do they hide these cuz
1: <laughs> i what i think is that the the vans are already out there but they're just like ambulances and stuff but their stickers are like the templates without the outside pulled off so as soon as the rapture happens every ambulance guy I jumps wish... out of his van pulls off the outer, the outer sticker and it just reads unite i wish they had had
0: a montage of <laughs> okay. like the unite alarm everybody like tearing <laughs> stickers off of the vans and put getting their armbands on <laughs> yeah. but also all businesses within a couple hours of the rapture have signs that say citizens only like you have to get the mark of the beast, or else was that
1: within hours? I felt like there at some point there was a time skip, but maybe it right. was. I, I didn't notice it. If there it certainly one.
0: felt like it yeah. was
1: immediate, but maybe there was
0: time passing. But yeah, the the mark of the beast thing and happens. If you didn't get the mark of the beast, they were uh, admonished that they would uh, suffer prolonged inconvenience. Mm-hmm.
1: They would have to stand stand in lines. I <laughs> yeah, guess right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> might be a cutter or two. (laughs) So that's really... So, yeah, so Patty is struggling. She can't buy food. She can't can't buy because, you know, the book of Revelation, people who don't have the mark of the beast, it says, are unable to buy or sell or be involved in commerce, essentially. They're not able to take part in society. And so because of that, she... Is unable to do those things. She calls her friend Diane after the unite police try to catch her, and she's like, "Diane, I need to help." And uh Diane is like, "Okay, meet me and Jerry at the the dam where is, which is this like like dam?
0: Is this like the the, the dams go to can't, meet at the dam? I don't, can't be that I don't know. Blatant. I don't know. I don't know."
1: I don't know. I was thinking about that when
0: I was watching it, You've, I, you've <sighs> been damned. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. But, and then at one point, though, Patty goes to the liberal ch- pastor who was not raptured. Because yeah, that's liberal- the second movie. Oh, is it?
1: Yeah, that happens in
0: the second movie that she goes to him. Oh, okay. these blend
1: together. Wow. <laughs> and then... Because um, I was going to talk about that, too. Because that was actually the one... There's one line in this movie that I thought was like insightful and good, and it's from the liberal pastor
0: after yeah. the rapture. And so she goes to the dam to meet her friends, but it turns out they're working... Yeah, they're, they got jobs at Unite pretty quick. They're yeah. opportunists if I ever saw them. <laughs> yeah. they, they get jobs with Unite, and they're trying to capture Patty, which she goes down onto like the... Like the walkway just
1: below, like the top of the. Yeah, because they're kind of kinda the like chasing her down. Yeah, like... she
0: goes down and she's thinking about jumping off.
1: Well, no, I think she's just trying to get away from Jerry because he, like, follows her down and he's got this super evil look on his face.
0: Yeah, and they got that weird 70s music playing, like the high pitch. I don't know if it's synthesizers or like yeah. weird strings
1: or something. Yeah. And then. So Jerry chases her down there, and he's like trying to get her to come take the mark, and she either jumps or falls off the bridge, Mm -hmm. and when she hits the water, she wakes up. It's all been a dream. But, when she wakes up, we're back at the beginning of the movie, and she's woken up from this dream about the rapture happening, to... The rapture actually happening. This movie does this. It it can't just tell a linear story. <laughs> yeah, the second the movie does this the too. Yeah. The
0: second movie... The first movie is a dream she has.
1: And in the dream she's like having flashbacks to her youth.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and then the second movie is her telling That's the true. story of what happened after the rapture happened. Because everything explained that happened after the rapture didn't actually happen. Yeah. <laughs> and so the second movie is explaining what actually happened to people who are hiding with her in a church? Well, no, they're they Or oh, that's like they've a been, Unite?
1: Yeah, they've been captured oh, by Oh, okay.
0: okay, yeah, they're being held in a church.
1: Yeah, so the end of the first movie, that that's basically it. She wakes up from her dream about the rapture. The rapture has actually mm-hmm. happened. End of the first movie.
0: And when we have the last screen that says the end, then it has another dot, dot, dot. Is near. <laughs> yeah, that was really... That was clever,
1: I thought. Yeah. <laughs> and so, then, yeah, so that... Then we we get into the second movie, A Distant Thunder. And, oh, maybe that line was in the first movie. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, the, we get into the second movie, and... Uh, so, Patty has been captured by Unite. She's awaiting her execution the next morning by unite because she won't take the mark of the beast and some friends of hers i guess who have also been captured with her are all waiting around and she's you know kind of kind of bummed out because she's about to be executed the next morning and they're like well why don't you tell us how you got here maybe that'll help you stop thinking about it which i don't think is true if you tell the story of how you got captured by unite I don't think it's going to make you not think about the fact that Unite's about to kill you the next morning. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's going to make you dwell on that more, in fact. So it didn't really make any sense. No. But that's our story within a story is Patty at the Unite um, compound, I guess that's the best word for it, which is an old church. Mm-hmm. And she's telling the story of how she got captured. And that's what yeah. the movie's about.
0: And the movie is so heavy with expository sermons, oh my the, even more than the first yes. one. There's the seven seals sermon, which it's like 15 minutes. It's like an actual sermon. It is, and, uh, and the seven means... seals. I just I don't I don't remember what any of this stuff mean or what I was told that it's supposed to mean. But like in Revelation, there's this scene that John sees where the. Somebody breaks these seals and bad things happen because of it. So, uh,
1: in Revelation chapter 5, there's this sealed scroll with seven seals on it. And no one's found who's worthy to open the scroll. But Jesus, the lamb who's been wounded is worthy to open the scroll so he's opening the scroll and well i it might be angels opening it but it, in in effect it's jesus opening the scroll and as each of the seals is broken something happens on earth and uh, some of those things are like the locusts or the the four horsemen of the apocalypse you know the the white horse who in in the movie is the antichrist the black or the red horse is war the black horse is famine yeah and And then the the pale horse is death yeah and so this is basically what they're explaining in the movie so there there's that sermon there's also the conversation she has with her grandmother or aunt or something who explains the mark of the beast in detail Mm -hmm. to her so yeah this movie is mainly just like a series of sermons Mm -hmm. pasted together with little plot elements to like tie them to connect them together
0: yeah and when does she visit the pastor? Because the liberal pastor is left behind, and she goes to the church. Yeah, she, when she in her story. Yeah, and it's a weird conversation they have. Oh, it's so
1: it, strange because
0: the she asking the pastor, like,
1: why? why did, yeah, why you know, didn't you tell me about? Why this? didn't
0: you tell me about this? He was. What is he? He do, he will accept no blame no, whatsoever. He,
1: he says I am partially to blame, and then he says, but, and then. <laughs> launches into this tirade against Patty. He's like, you know, if I wasn't preaching the Bible, it was your duty to come and correct me and to tell me where I was wrong, and you had a Bible where it says all these things, and why didn't you read it? He basically blames her for his failed ministry. It, it's... It was wild. Like there's This dude has no moral authority at this mm-hmm. point. He's been preaching these garbage sermons. He's missed the rapture, so he wasn't a Christian, and now he's telling Patty what's wrong with her life. <laughs> it's it's amazing, but it's it's either in that scene or a scene shortly before or after, or maybe it's in the first movie and I've forgotten it. But um, no, it is in the second movie because he he's captured by unite mm-hmm. and they're like uh one of either patty or one of the officers is like you know you've, you're you're going to have to take the mark of the beast and he says uh i had it in my heart before it ever happened hmm. meaning the mark of the beast yeah. and i thought that was like the one insightful line because in reality What the mark of the beast in scripture isn't talking about some actual physical mark that you get on your hand or forehead. It's a metaphor for your thoughts and your actions, your hand and your forehead. It's talking about buying into an ungodly world system. So in the first century, there were towns that to take part in commerce, you had to basically pay homage to the gods of that town. Or you couldn't buy or sell. Mm -hmm. Like a literal example of a mark of the beast. To be a part of that world system, you had to say, yes, I believe in Diana. I worship Mm. you know, Aphrodite or whomever you worship. And you had to pay homage to those gods. And if you didn't, you couldn't be a part of that world system. It was a heart and mind thing more than it was a physical mark that you got scanned at the store when you wanted to buy things.
0: Don't some of Paul's letters deal with that issue in churches sort of yeah there's like um, the marketizing of yeah in the book of
1: acts there's a story about this guy who was making like he was profiting off of making idols and then ever like everybody in the town became a christian and he lost his business of idol making um so and stuff happens with that so it's it's like a consistent theme throughout scripture and that's what the mark of the beast is actually about and this is the one part in these movies where they actually appeared to understand that it's not just oh you've got a barcode on your hand you're now on satan's team yeah. it's about what your heart and mind and you know your actions say about you and in this scene i had it in my heart before it ever happened the liberal pastor actually gets it hmm. more than anybody in the movie i mean they dropped that immediately it yeah. doesn't matter but that one line i thought was actually insightful hmm. in this movie uh, so yeah, that's the the liberal pastor blaming Patty for all of his mistakes. I,
0: the whole movie's just Patty trying to evade the oh, yeah. unite. <laughs> like these these guys that work for these soldiers with unite are terrible at their the job. Keystone
1: cops, for yeah, sure. <laughs> my gosh.
0: They're so terrible. Like, and
1: they she... all. <laughs> leftover World War II yeah, weapons. Yeah, I was
0: going to say, I have that written <laughs> down. All of them. So that's how we know that United Guess has been playing this for a long time, because they stockpiled in 1946 <laughs> all and of never updated anything. <laughs> but yeah, the, it's like they, they all have Tommy guns. Like,
1: <laughs> that's what they use to track people down. The, the one guy's machine gun, I think you said this, it looks like one of those... Um, Oh, what do you call them? Where, the, like, the, like, when you've sealed, like... A, a grease gun. A grease gun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: because they... Because, the, yeah, the, we, America made those at the end of World War Two because they're just super cheap. And yeah. that's literally, they called them grease guns because of how they looked. Yeah. But, the, yeah, it's all, it is all uh,
1: World War Two surplus. Yeah. <laughs> and at one point, one of them is, like, chasing after Patty and she grabs the gun out of his hand. This, they're, they're so incompetent. <laughs> the, the Antichrist soldiers are terrible. Yeah. They, they they, have nothing going for them. They're they're awful at their jobs. So I guess we have that going for us. If the rapture happens, you'll be able to invade these guys. Yeah, totally. pretty, pretty easily. Just yeah. run up and grab their gun from them. <laughs> yeah. Of course, she doesn't know how to work the gun. But then she tricks another soldier into laying his gun down because she has one too. And they're both pointing them at each other and she's like, drop it. And then he says, drop it. But I guess she's like, no, you drop it first. And then he does. I I love the The
0: movie's trying to portray United as this big evil organization. But everyone that works for them are just kind of like
1: <laughs> the, bumbling, like This guy looks like people. he was a dentist yeah, a week <laughs> right, ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he signed up for Unite.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then, then all her and her friends ride horses too in the movie and I, I, I don't remember that at all yeah it's like they they ride horses remember the barn they sent like, oh, yeah i know there was a barn what i love if... too is like unite instead of just going into the house where they're hiding and capture them they just burn the barn down they're like sending a, a message i even I, though like, i
1: thought the barn burning was like one of the seals breaking like fire from heaven or something like that Oh, or maybe. And then, what? The, remember the one horse ran away? Was it a pale horse? Yeah. Yeah. Because they're like, we saw that pale horse and we just thought of death. Yeah. Which, it sounded like a 13-year-old's poem. <laughs> yeah. Death Belonged was... Belonged on that, that one subreddit,
0: I'm 14 and this is deep. <laughs> yeah. So... I, I also love... They kind of... They'll jump back to Patty just telling the story. Do yeah. They, and then, yeah. like, while she's telling the story, the people who are listening... Are like reviewing and criticizing the things that she did throughout. Like they're trying to get her to tell the story to like get her mind off things, but instead they like critique all of her actions and try to tell her like, "Well, you probably should have done this instead of this." I, I don't. It's so
1: bizarre. I, I said when we were watching it, it's like these these um scenes in between her telling the story where she, they're back at the compound. It's like they are the questions on the back of a feature films for a family movie where it's like, you know, now should Patty have stolen the unite man's gun? What would you do in this situation? <laughs> when it's have like, you been? In this yeah, situ- it's like her friends are those questions. <laughs> Cause they keep asking her things like, well, do you really think you should have trusted that old man? And, <laughs> um, oh yeah. And, and, and in the, and in, in those scenes, It's also progressing, like, the story of the execution that's about to happen. One of the great moments from that is one of the guys who works for Unite comes in, and he's like, good morning. You're all about to be executed. That was it. (laughs) Very polite evil people. (laughs) I think they were trying to, like, make it seem like it was, like, just this, like, it was just business as usual. We're going to execute Yeah. But it was really bizarre. So that's... I guess that's really where it comes to the end. Yeah, at the end she's in the line to get executed. Yeah, and... well she, they show the
0: execution method? Yeah. Yeah, it's a guillotine. Yeah, that's the end of the... So, Patty and... and they, you, you, For all of Unite's organization and build up to when the rapture would happen, they have... No proper receptacle to catch the heads from the guillotine. They have a laundry basket with holes in it to catch these bleeding heads as they come off the guillotine.
1: which I... Really not efficient. No, if not you, at all. If you got that many Christians to kill... I feel like you could come up with a more efficient system for it.
0: Uh, instead of a laundry basket, I don't know if the basket was supposed to be symbolism for something. Uh, maybe I, 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 I don't. I don't know.
1: I don't want to read too much into this movie because <laughs> I don't think the people making it were reading into it. No, that much. they weren't putting any thought into this. So Patty has a friend throughout the second movie called Wenda, whom we haven't talked about, but she gets killed first and gets her head chopped off, mm-hmm. and that's pretty much where the fir- that where this movie ends. Yeah, and then the beginning of the third movie, which we watch what, like, five minutes? Yeah, we, we just wanted to see the conclusion of what happens at the guillotine. Yeah, and
0: it's it's like the people who made this movie are, are gloating. They're like, I don't know. I just got this sense that, like,
1: I don't know. It's like, well, that's what you get. Yeah. So throughout all of this, Patty has not yet become a Christian. No. She hasn't taken the mark, but she also hasn't become a Christian. And everybody's been... Pleading with her essentially to do one or the other because you know, become a believer or take the mark and you know, enjoy yourself for the next seven years until you know, you're uh, in hell forever. Yeah, but she hasn't done either. And so, in the opening scene of the third movie, she gets put down in the guillotine, which I thought it was particularly evil that they put her in face up. I know, so she can, she's staring up at the blade as it's about to drop Mm -hmm. on her. And it, what the movie does
0: is before the, the unite uh, guys can op- properly operate the guillotine. There's an earthquake. Yes. Yeah. And so the, basically the movie's saying like, this is God's judgment on her. Not. Oh like, yeah. I guess yeah, that's true. It was natural. It was a natural, quote unquote, natural way for the guillotine to, the earthquake shook it. it like
1: yeah. the pin came out and then it yeah. dropped. But as she's lying there before the guillotine, you know, chops, She's like, I want the mark, I want the mark. But because this earthquake has happened, all of the Unite guys have run away so they can't get her out. And so she's like struggling to get out of the guillotine because she's strapped in. And then the earthquake happens and it rattles the blade, I guess. Mm -hmm. And that's the end of Patty. That's all she wrote. Yep. And that's really the end of the story as far as the Thief in the Night Movies go for us at least. Yeah, we didn't. We're not watching. Those, yeah, we didn't they're... care to go into the.
0: Well, you said this is sort of like the Saw of Christian movies. <laughs> yeah, like it, it's. It it's just because what I remember of the third one. There's a lot of weird violence and like. I, it...
1: I don't remember the third one at all. I don't know if I've ever seen it besides that opening scene. Um. But it's yeah. I mean, it's just it's really just like. So back in the 70s and 80s, they used to have, I don't know if they still do this, but hell houses. Did we Have we ever talked about this before? I no. think we did once oh, maybe, maybe. on an episode uh, where like you would go to this house and you would tour it. And it was basically like being like, this is what hell is like. And you'd see people suffering and stuff like that. And it was basically intended to scare you. It was basically like a haunted house, except Christian themed and it's a hell house. And I that this movie feels like one of those sorts of things where it's everything is there just to scare you. Yeah. And make you want to become a Christian it's so you don't miss out. Fearmongering it propaganda. Yeah, it very very effective propaganda. Yeah, cuz even as a kid I was yeah, I was terrified. Yeah, me
0: too. I would have dreams that I would get left behind and yeah. then wake up and wonder what was wrong with me cuz like it's just a dream, you know, but you're like, oh, maybe maybe I'm
1: not a Christian. Yeah. I had a dream that I got left behind. Yeah. Did you ever have... This is what I was going to ask earlier. Did you ever have a moment like you got home from school or something and you came into the house and for some reason no one was there yeah. and you thought that the rapture yeah. had happened?
0: Yeah. <laughs> I had a Bible teacher that told me when he was in college, which this guy told a lot of stories. I don't... I, he was... He told just a lot of stories. It doesn't matter if they're true or not. (laughs) But he told this story about one time he and his buddies, he went to, I don't know where he went, but he was like, I don't know if it was seminary. He was just at like a Bible college. But he uh, played this prank on their, there were like four roommates in this dorm room. And one of them was asleep. The rest of them were awake. And what they did was they like woke him up by flashing a camera. So there's like this big light. And then they, like, hid, and the guy woke up and thought the rapture happened. <laughs> and so he was, like, running down the halls trying to find people, and oh, I don't know.
1: goodness. So cruel. So cruel. Oh, wow. But, but this... I can remember having moments where I, you know, I was at home, and nobody was around, and you you have that moment of panic where you're like, oh, man, did the rapture happen? And I missed it? I'm, I haven't been a Christian all this time. It's... it's it's so unhealthy. The kind of stuff this sort of movie p- produces in a person. I know. Man, we
0: we had so many revelation units when I was in high school, like for Bible <laughs> yeah. classes. It.
1: I think one of the reasons people like this sort of thing is because of how like thrilling it makes. Yeah the bible seem like oh there's one world government and there's all these conspiracies and it, it's like a Tom Clancy novel mm-hmm. except it's you know bible I think that's why like the uh,
0: the Christian right is often really into conspiracy theories mm-hmm. because you're kind of taught a conspiracy theory from yep. the time you're a little kid
1: yep and it's why people don't trust, you know, uh, the Euro and You're things right. like that. Yeah, right. It's really a politically motivated movement. Yeah. Because the big bad guy at the end of the story is a politician. The Antichrist.
0: Yeah. But what's funny is that Americans read it from their own perspective. Yeah. Like, there's whatever the the alleged evidence that the antichrist is going to rise in the east and so americans always portray him as like it'll probably be a russian guy yeah or so a if, middle eastern or guy. a middle eastern it was like this is written in like the middle east <laughs>
1: so like what so the east like, is <laughs> like yeah exactly <laughs> yeah that's a good point people never <laughs> it's it's all it's just
0: all from our own perspective which is mm-hmm. just bonkers because america
1: didn't even exist yeah yeah, America's not in the Bible. Shocking statement, I know. Neither is the European Union. Mm-mm. I guess that's really the movie. Yeah. Not much, was... not much more to say about it. No no real, well, I guess... Truly
0: so, but... bizarre. Yeah. A Little Piece of Heaven was, like, uh,
1: pleasantly bizarre. It was just really weird and, like... I'm going to disagree with that statement. I didn't think it was pleasant at all.
0: But I, and on the spectrum of bizarre, it yeah. had it had some character. It was like lighthearted, at least. Yeah, it was yeah. at
1: least. But this this is just truly if if kidnapping and, um, you know, stealing children and things like that, it can be lighthearted, then a little piece of heaven did. Yeah, so I it's guess. it's yeah. disgusting to me that we're still talking about that movie. It is. We're far never out. gonna stop. <laughs> But this movie was just
0: truly, truly capital B bizarre. Yeah, it's just t- totally like delusional. There's the way I, there's like that gloating attitude about it. Almost, I don't know. Like you said, I I don't know who this movie was made for. Because like it scared Christian kids. Yeah, and non Christians aren't going to watch something like this. A because it's just a bad movie, mm-hmm. and B because it's
1: you know it's science fiction. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Yeah. It's not very, not very even good, good science. Not, not very good science fiction. Right. I'd rather watch um, like The Firm or some other conspiracy yeah, yeah. movie. Right. Yeah. <laughs> or National Treasure. Even. <laughs> All right. So, to our guiding questions: <laughs> Was there any truth in this movie?
0: Just the the mark of the beast was always in my heart. Line. Yeah. I feel yeah, like that's the only. Yeah. Part. Like this is total and complete speculation presented as 100% fact
1: Yeah. yeah at the beginning of the one of the movies there's the the story like Star Wars oh yeah the James crawl yeah yeah and they're like the people who made this movie are not prophets but the things portrayed in this movie are real <laughs> again bizarre they just they say they're not prophets then establish
0: themselves yeah, as, as prophets.
1: prophets. <laughs> No, because the reason they're not prophets is they're just telling you what the Bible says. Oh my gosh, yeah. All right, uh, did it handle its material well? I, I don't know. I don't know how to answer that <laughs> question because I guess it's I, a, the could, material because made... its material itself was so awful. Mm-hmm. I think that it did because it made like a truly terrifying movie. The fact that both of us remember this movie clearly—well, yeah. not like clearly, but we remember. Sp- certain parts of it distinctly yeah and t- we're terrified by it i think we have to answer yes it did it yeah. like it did what it set out to do yeah which is terrify Just, christian kids should this movie have been made no no, no. absolutely 100 percent no no
0: uh,
1: that's all i have to say about that I, uh, yeah i don't have any qualifications which, uh, who would you recast? Oh, I didn't even think of this. Um, Sam Elliott as Jerry with <laughs> a mustache. I don't know.
0: Oh, Now, i got to think about this for a second. Because I feel like it was such like an underwhelming... All the characters were very underwhelming, so it's hard to pinpoint
1: of anyone. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't really have... No. There's, it's It's not interesting enough of a movie... Where you could be like, okay, let's put, you know, an actor in here and see what they do with the role. Because maybe, there weren't really any roles. Maybe
0: replace the liberal pastor with somebody. I don't yeah. know who. Or, I don't know, put Woody Harrelson in it somewhere. <laughs> I don't know where.
1: He would make a good Unite officer.
0: Yeah, he would. you have him and Matthew McConaughey be... Like, it's it's <laughs> this, like, uh, uh, a prequel to a Detective. True Detective. <laughs> Alright, would you watch this again? No. And would you recommend it? No. No. Do not watch it. I'm not watching it again. (laughs) I I would not watch it just for the quality of,
1: just the sole reason that the quality is so bad, but also the material is... Yeah, I'm not even sure that it's worth coming back to in a, you know, this is so bad you need to see it kind of sense. I'm not even sure that it's worth that. Maybe I could foresee showing it to a friend sometime, like down the road, being like, "Hey, you gotta check this out." Yeah.
0: But this podcast, I think, is just—we're becoming soothsayers. Just no, <laughs> beware this movie. Do not yeah. watch it. <laughs> beware the eyes of March. Yeah. <laughs> All right.
1: How would you rate this movie?
0: <sighs> I I guess one Tommy gun, one Tommy. but with a twenty-round clip, not a big okay. drum magazine. Yeah. It, it's I'm gonna give <laughs> I just the one because the movie does exist, yeah. and so. I guess a
1: rating has to exist. Yeah. But you can't give it a zero. No. One out of 5 uh, guillotines. Okay. Okay. A guillotine. Yeah. All right. Cuz that's what I wanted to do while I was watching this movie. Was chop my head off into a laundry basket. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. It's what a ride. Yeah. What a ride the, those movies were. I can't believe I can't believe they made 4 of them. Yeah, that's the incredible thing. They couldn't have been making much of money off of them. Although the budget for the first one was, what, $60,000? Yeah. So they, like, had, they probably made money off of that. Right,
0: yeah. I'm trying to... Christian movies were really weird in the 70s. Because I've, I've been trying to find some of those old Billy Graham movies. Because Billy Graham made a whole bunch of movies, like, in the 70s and 80s. And there's just a weird shift that they take. like Because, once... like, Left Behind was written, that whole series, in the 90s. Yeah. And I, it seems like a lot of this stuff is just riding off the the tales of the Cold War mm-hmm. and everybody being afraid and thinking the world was going to end. But now Christian movies do not have like that super judgmental, yeah. Because they're, they're now they're like Hallmark movies. Yeah, there are end time stuff still being made. There's a show on Pureflix called uh, New World the fact Order. You know
1: this?
0: It came up on an ad on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Because of because of your account. My search history, yeah. <laughs> and so... You're being still... targeted with Pure flex like, ads. I know. I know. <laughs> but what's interesting, though, is that... Also, why don't you have an ad blocker on your... I didn't know you could get that on Instagram. No. Oh. You've heard me. I barely know how handles work. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> I, I just... I don't. Know, this, it's just a weird shift, and I'm surprised that they're even making it. I'm. I'm curious to see just like what the tone of that show is. Yeah. Because it seems like an excuse for Christians to make a cool action thing. Mm-hmm. If that. If I was a gambling man, I would put money on the fact that it's I,
1: probably more of just like a cool action. I have thing. a chick tract for you about gambling. Uh, oh, boy! So. Um, yeah, I, I think that you're. You're probably right. It's just like an excuse to make a cool action series.
0: I had a teacher that handed out chick Tracks for Halloween. No joke. Instead of candy, instead it's worse, of candy, worse than it's not with candy. I don't. Mm, I don't know. That was the, that was the lore that we kind of okay made to surround it. But she never said anything about candy. Just the chick Tracks.
1: All right. So, do you have anything else you want to say about this movie?
0: I don't think so. But I'm curious if you guys want to reach out and. Let us know what
1: kind of experiences you had with growing like, up with the this Christian kind of theology. horror genre. Yeah. Yeah. I do have one other thing I want to say about this mm-hmm. before we sort of wrap up is, and this is getting back to the more theological. If somebody is ever, you know, like, I want to make it clear, first of all, that in making fun of this movie, I am not making fun of, like, people who believe the Bible like we're making fun of one particular bizarro world interpretation of one book of the bible and so like in the story one of the verses they use to explain the rapture happening is um in matthew it talks about you know there'll be two men working in a field and one will be taken and one will be left behind as it was in the days of noah Mm -hmm. okay here's the thing In the days of Noah, the people who were taken got destroyed in the flood. Mm -hmm. Those weren't the good guys. Right. So when Jesus is saying one will be taken and one will be left behind, he's saying when the Romans destroy Jerusalem in 70 AD, lots of people are going to be killed, but some of you will be left. Mm -hmm. The people who are left... Those are the ones who survive. They're like the people who make it. They're not the ones who miss out on the rapture. So hmm. that text, to believe the left behind rapture stuff, you have to interpret it the opposite way of what it is intended hmm. to mean. The ones who are left behind are the ones who live right through. through the judgment. They're not the ones who, you know, missed the boat. Right. Um. So I I just wanted to explain that yeah like this isn't a view that you can hold to and believe the bible you have to push this onto the bible yeah so when we're making fun of it we're not just like you know this isn't a theology podcast but i wanted to mention that because it sounds like we're being really critical of the book of revelation when really we're just being critical of a wild misinterpretation of something uh Ben, we used to be part of this in some, some I know, small I know, I know. I grew, I grew up crazy. in the midst of... I've been to... I used to get excited when people were going to preach on the book of Revelation. Me too! Because I was too. like, oh, I'm going to hear about you know the Antichrist yeah. and the beast and the it, false prophets. It, it, it's, and, it's exciting. Like you yeah. said, it's just exciting. But then when you read the book of Revelation and understand what it's really about, that God is protecting and preserving his church in the face of evil things happening... It becomes a way better, more exciting story. Right? Yeah. It's not about you know this governmental conspiracy theory. It's about the church in China, who really has a government right now persecuting them. Yeah. And they're able to persevere through that mm-hmm. because God is keeping them, even in the midst of uh, persecution. Right. You don't escape it because you've been raptured. Yeah. But God keeps you safe in the midst of it, even to the point of death, hmm. the book of Revelation tells us. So... Now I sound like I'm preaching. No,
0: okay. <laughs> well, I think that's all I have. I, I, I'm curious to know, like, how many people still really buy into this, just because like the major shift the church has taken to like yeah. prosperity gospel instead of like the, yeah. the like Bible thumping attitude. i would just
1: be curious to know. You don't really hear about like prophecy conferences anymore, which that used that's to be a true. big thing. Yeah. Um, I know that there are a lot of people who still believe it, but I don't think there's much of an emphasis on it anymore. Hmm. And once you've had failed predictions so many times, it sort of becomes hard to believe in. It's like, yeah, it was supposed to be um, uh, Gorbachev, and then it was supposed to be uh, Putin, and, now, and then it was supposed to be Obama, and then it was supposed to be Osama bin Laden, and it was supposed to be you know this guy, and um the the one guy who wrote a book back in during the first uh gulf war republished his book when we went back to Iraq and just like changed the cover Mm-hmm. to the Iraq the new Iraq war. Like once you've had that happen so many times, it sort of becomes hard to believe. Right, yeah. And I feel like that's may- maybe is what what is yeah. happening. I'm sure I'm sure there's someone out there who's like Donald Trump, he's the Antichrist.
0: Yeah, people are saying that about Obama too. Yep. I think Reagan people thought that he
1: was the Antichrist as well. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how you can think Reagan uh, is the Antichrist. Yeah, I don't know. He's he's so charismatic. Oh wait. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Uh yeah, so that's really about it for me. Yeah,
0: like I said earlier, a lot of this stuff is sort of, I think, pushed there... through like more covert means because, like, classrooms is hard to monitor all the stuff that's being taught, and, I don't know. and and
1: interestingly enough, dispensationalism from its start has had a very anti-establishment uh, perspective. Hmm. They got started not in churches but through these parachurch. Prophecy conferences, like the Schofield Reference Bible, which mm-hmm. really pushed dispensationalism. All of that came out of conferences, apart from like seminaries or churches, and they have a very negative view of like seminary for one, mm. and um, in in church in general. Like they have a an anti-organized church perspective because anything that's organized like that is just going to become part of the one world you know religion and the one world government and so it's very conspiracy minded from its outset like that's not a mistake that's a part of the the heart of the movement is very anti-establishment so it makes sense that it's spread that way like through covert means yeah (sighs) i feel like we could do there's, there's got to be a book about like the sociology of this movement yeah. in history. And it would be fascinating mm-hmm. to read about that. Because we, I could talk about this for a long time. Yeah. But I I think we're really done with the movie. Yeah. All of this to say, don't watch the movie. Yeah, don't, not, not really worth it. Yeah. Not I'll, worth it at I mean, all. You can watch it to follow along Yeah, for the episode. But, but we don't yeah. even recommend that. <laughs> Do we? Yeah. So really just don't even listen to this episode. <laughs>
0: yeah. I'm, I'm glad I've said that at the end. You've here. been duped. <laughs> so, well, if yeah. you want to reach out
1: have questions or comments about I the I want to know. The, okay. Yeah. We, we don't get listener emails very often. Okay. Ever. I think we've had like two or three and they were all the same guy. Yeah. Which thank you for that, Phil. Shout out. To Phil. Thank you, Phil. I want to hear stories from people this time. I want to hear your, I thought I had missed the rapture story. Like, tell us, please, if you've had an experience like that. I'm certain other people have had that experience. It can't just be us. That's the story I want to hear. Yeah. And we will read them on the air.
0: Yeah, please. Yeah, you can email us at betterdaypodcast at gmail.com. We're on Twitter as well. If you want to just give us a quick blurb about your experience, uh, thinking you missed the rapture, uh, at Cast. And we're also on Instagram if you want to slide into our DMs at Better Day Podcast. So that's that's all we have. Just send us your stories about yeah, if you missing ever- the rapture and any stories you have related to this type of theology yeah. growing up. Yeah.
1: Alright, thanks for listening. Later.
0: There's no time to change your mind. spoke blood demons dined. The sun has come and healed.